So good to see you if you're a guest with us. Thanks for coming. We hope you feel right at home. We welcome those that are uh, joining us online, uh, either live right now or at a future time. And uh, we uh, want to welcome uh, the fact that we just went live at our Tupelo campus. Make some noise for those guys. <laughs> North Star is a special place. It's a, it's a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. That's right. It's about connecting people to a growing relationship with Christ and each other. And that's who we are. We exist as a church. The decisions that we make, the direction that we go, the path that we follow is to please God, and we exist so that those that are far from Him those that don't know him will draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. I can't change a life. You can't change a life. I can't even change myself. But Jesus can change folks. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Uh, l- let me just tell you something. It's really exciting. We're, we're in this series, Love Your City, Life on Mission. And it's, it's been great. And it's going great. When we started planning and praying over the different aspects of life on mission um, and how, how Love Your City was going to look this year. You know, we're 10 years old, and we are a leadership-led fellowship. We're a leadership-led church. That means Christ is the head of the church, but our leadership leads, and we administer the ministry. We teach that in our membership class. Which just means that somebody's got to lead us, you know. And then we're going to dive in and, and, and minister alongside of you. And we've got a, a fantastic leadership team God has raised up over the 10 years. And we were, we were pumped about this new idea that we had. And it's still a good idea. But it was like God shut the door or didn't open the door for the, one of the ideas that, that we had. Are y'all following me so far? Anyway. We, like, we thought, wow, that's it. That's the, that's the direction. And so we began to talk in leadership, what's God trying to tell us about this? Because we're constantly saying, we've got to go to them. Not, we can't expect them to come to us. We've got to go to them. Anyway, we, we began to pray and seek God's direction. And, and what God said is, um, this November, we're going to be having, in the lieu of the Fall Fest in in um, October, we're going to be going to communities, neighborhoods. I'm pumped about this because this, this, like, this is like, all right, God is saying, this is what I'm trying to tell you or this is how I want, what I want to do. And you know, Henry Blackie said, find where God is moving and join him. Find where God is moving and, and join him there. So that's what our leadership uh, is doing. And so in various communities where you you live we're going to be having block parties with it's going to be like fun for kids candy and food and candy and food and candy and food and games and the unique thing about it this is my favorite part we're going to the neighborhoods rather than asking the neighborhood to come to us somebody ate me in this before i'll just blow up we're we're, we're going to be going to strategic places. So how can I be a part of that? 
uh, these block parties. And I want to do one. We've, we've selected a few, but if you will go to our brand new website, all right, it's brand new, the new address and everything, ns.church. Say that with me, ns.church. Say it one more time, ns.church. Now, have you been there? Anybody been to that site yet? Oh, just lie to me and say, yeah, yeah, it's good, it's really good. Now, go to it, don't go to it right now. Uh, you know, you, you can do it after church, but it's brand new design and a brand new logo, and we are pumped about this. I don't know if we could put it on the screens, but uh, at, at both of our locations, because I'm not, I just now thought of this, but uh, there it is. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's our new logo. So if you'll go to our website, ns.church, and on the front page, it'll have a slide that says block party. Click on that, and then it will give you ways that you can uh, participate. You can participate, and you can, you can serve. And then, just beneath that, some of you are thinking, well, I love the idea of having a, a, a fall block party in my neighborhood. And by the way, everything is going to be provided. It's going to be in a kit. So you'll, you'll, you'll be able to have everything you need at uh, wherever we've got these uh, strategically planned. Uh, but if you're saying, man, I'd love to host one on my street. And by the way, uh, you know what this does? It causes us to be in the communities that we live and opens the door for gospel conversations with our neighbors. Which you might not have that conversation uh, if we ask them to come here, but you can have it in your neighborhood. Now, back if, if you want to have one, bam, just beneath that link is another link, and you can host one. And wouldn't it be incredible? It's going to be incredible that we have them all over the place anyway, but wouldn't it be incredible if we had a lot of them all over the place? Amen? Isn't that exciting? Give God a praise clap today, and let's get into the Word. <clears throat> Last, last week we talked about how important it is not to forget. Not to forget what it was like before you met Christ. Not to forget lostness. The world is lost. Without Christ, the world is lost. People are hopeless without Christ. And so we, we talked about how the church needs to revolutionize the public. But in order for the church to revolutionize the public... The church has got to be in the public. The public's not got to come to the church. Some do. Some um, non-believers come to, to, to church because you've invited them. And invite, 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 invite. I'm always saying that. But the 151,200 people that are not attending church today in our surrounding area, these are real stats, they're probably not going to come to, to church. But we've got to take the message to them. We've got to be intentional and live life on mission. So once again, if the church is going to revolutionize the public, the church is going to have to be in the public. It's not going to happen in the four walls of our auditoriums. It's going to happen when we go out and take the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. Now, this message today is to two groups of people. One uh, is to believers. <clears throat> It's, for, it's a challenge to believers, followers of Christ, to become everything that God has created you to become. 
look, it's more than just showing up on Sunday, right? What God wants for you is so much more than just, uh, just showing up at church. God wants to do a work of maturing. He wants to uh, bring maturity into, into your life. And so he wants you to grow deeper. He wants you to uh, launch out. He wants you to share the good news. He wants you to grow in the faith. Some people get the idea that the Christian life is like, I just need to go to church on Sunday, read my Bible occasionally, pray when I can. But the Christian life is so much more. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life more abundantly. Have life to the full. So that's what the challenge to believers is today. And then for non-believers, the challenge for you is that you would take one step toward Christ. Take one step toward Christ. And maybe you, you are a religious person. Maybe you, you've been around uh, religion all your life or for many years. But I'm not talking religion. I'm talking about relationship. I'm talking about entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ that transforms your life. How many know that Jesus is the one to transform a person? I've heard people say, man, I can't believe they changed. They don't talk the way they used to talk. They don't go to where the, they used to go. They don't act the way they used to act. And that's not because they cleaned up their act. It's because Christ changed them and transformed them. And so the message today for believers is to mature in the faith. Maybe you've grown cold. Maybe mediocrity has set in. Maybe you've become apathetic. Maybe it seems that the fires are not burning toward God like they once were. And you can remember a time when you were really pumped about church. You were really pumped about God. And, and that's not like describing you right now. And so my challenge for you today is to ask God to restore the passion, to, to reignite the flame, to, to create that momentum that only God can bring. Now, our text today, we're going to look at this, really two, but the first one is in Romans 10. Turn to Romans 10 with me. <clears throat> Romans chapter 10, and I'm going to begin to read with verse 13. How many are glad that they came to church today? Amen. I guess the rest of you are sad. No. I think everybody's glad. Romans 10, verse 13. I want to read this and have a word of prayer, and then we're going to dive into the text. Here we go. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, say that word with me, will. Okay, you, didn't, you weren't ready. Say that word with me. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, will. It doesn't say it's possible. It doesn't say it could happen. Not likely, but it's, I mean, 50-50. No, it says whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. Some of you today listening to me will call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved because that's how it happens. And he, he goes on to say in verse 14, this is like to the church right here, okay? 
He says, how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one that they've not heard? And how can they hear without somebody preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How, can they, how, how are they going to hear about Jesus unless somebody tells them? And he's not talking about preachers here. He's talking about believers here. And uh, that we are to, to take the message. How, they, how else are they going to hear unless we share the good news of Jesus Christ with them? So having said that, I want to talk about, just for a few minutes, I want to talk about what God has commissioned us to do. It is not an option to consider, it is a command to follow. So write this in your notes, the mandate is sure. The mandate is sure. We need a fresh reminder of of what God has done for us. Now, when I say the mandate is sure, Jesus was about to ascend. He had already been crucified. He had already been risen from the dead. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he's about to ascend back to heaven. He said, "Uh, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. Uh, I'm, I'm fixing to leave. But you shall receive power. After this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. You shall be my witnesses here in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm quoting, but I'm pretty close that I did that exactly right. You shall be my witnesses. The only thing about me when I'm quoting Scripture, sometimes I mesh the NIV and the King James together, which I'm going to do here in just a minute. I can't help it. I'm I'm afflicted with that. Um, it's because much of what I memorized through the years was in the King James Version. I preach out of the NIV. Jesus said in Matthew 28, Go go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, So that's our command. Now we teach in membership at North Star. We teach that a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church i'm going to say it again we believe that a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church what is the great commandment matthew chapter 22 this isn't on the screen but just listen as i as i read somebody asked jesus said what is the greatest command jesus said love the lord your god with all your heart your soul, and with your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it, is to love your neighbor as yourself. So, this is what the great commandment is. It's to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. How are you going to love your neighbor as yourself if you're not around your neighbors? You're not. And so, he says, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And then Matthew 28, 19 through 20, he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. So what Jesus was saying is, is that we need to have as a church a 
a great commitment to the great commandment, love God, love your neighbor, and the great commission, go share the gospel here and around the world, and that will grow a great church. What God wants us to do is to understand that this is not an option to consider, but a command that we must follow. It's a command. So this is what I know. Who else is going to tell them? If we're not, if, if the church is not going to be, if the church is going to be revolutionizing the public, church has got to be in the public, who else is going to tell them? Who else is going to let them know that Jesus is the answer? Some of you are listening today and, and you're struggling in certain areas of your life. I'm telling you that Jesus is the answer. He's greater than that problem. He's greater than that situation that you're facing. Some of you might say, but Pastor, I, uh, I hear you, but I'm, I've never made that decision to trust Christ. I'm, you described me. You, you pegged it. You, you said, uh, uh, maybe I'm a religious person. I am a religious person, but I've never accepted Christ. I've never put my faith in Christ. I'm telling you that when you put your your trust in Jesus Christ, it will transform your life. He is the answer. He is your hope. And this is what I know. When we see afresh, in other words, when we remember what has happened to us, then we can effectively tell other people what he can do for them. So when you get up in the morning, just say, if, if you've been born again, if you've been saved, uh, <coughs> God, help this memory. Help this experience never grow cold. That's what's happened to a lot of Christians today, is they've made a, a profession of their faith. They've, they've said yes to Christ, but, but maybe they've, they've walked the other direction or they've gotten off course occasionally, and they've lost the, the passion, the urgency, the 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 fervor. And so what you might need to do today is just say, God, restore the joy. David in the Old Testament, he had sinned uh, hellishly against God. He had committed adultery. Greatest king ever. The Bible says he is the man after God's own heart, but, but he, he was a man. He, he failed, and he said in, in the book of Psalms, he said, God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. I'm saved, but restore that joy that you and you alone can give. Some of you today are longing that God would just restore the joy in your heart. Give it to him. Lay it down before him. The mandate is sure that we've got to share the gospel. But this is also what I know, and, and I want to read in Romans 5. This is the second passage, Romans 5. It says... This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. <clears throat> Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Christ died for the ungodly. We're lost without Christ. We're the ungodly. He died for us. So, well, I don't feel like I'm a, like ungodly. Uh, Christ died for you, yes. For all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. Yes, we're sinners. He said, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. 
I love this. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die, but God demonstrated. If you got the King James, it says, commendeth. I love to quote this one. Uh, I, I even have my own translation on this. But God revealed. He commendeth. He demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. But God revealed his love to us, demonstrated his love to us, commendeth his love to us while we were still sinning, still sinners. Christ died for us. He gave his life. And so that tells me that um, this point, and, and please don't miss it, first of all, the mandate is sure. Church, we got to go. We got to tell. And this is why. The world is powerless without Christ. The world cannot save themselves. I can't save myself. I can't change you. I have a hard enough time changing me. You're the preacher. I know. Isn't that a bummer? I mean, seriously. I have a hard time. Oh, you don't struggle like we do. Yes, I do. Just talk to my wife. No, don't talk to my wife. Uh, yeah, the world is powerless without Christ. We try to reform ourselves. We, look, a good example is trying to go on a diet. How many have ever gone on a diet? Don't raise your hand. But uh, you go on a diet and you stay on it for what? A week or two weeks or six weeks. You do really good and then you fall off the wagon. For me, it's coconut cake. Hamburgers. Sausage balls. Bless God. And... Uh, We fail, and that's the way we are in our relationship with Christ. We, the more we try to reform ourselves, the, change ourselves, it doesn't work. The world is powerless without Christ. You see, God had a perfect design. It was perfect. I'm, talk, I'm talking perfect. God created man, Adam and Eve, his wife. Created Adam first, put him to sleep. First anesthesia ever. All Adam had seen was the animals. He was naming them. I think I'm going to call that a giraffe. You think I'm lying? I'm not. This is how it went down. So I think that's going to be a hippopotamus right there. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a cougar. And so he goes to sleep and wakes up. God has created Eve from a rib in his side. And he, you know, he's a little groggy. He opens his eyes and whoa! When he looks at her, I'm serious. Well, the Bible says this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. I mean, it, that sounds so very poetic, but that's what he, that's what it means. Whew, man, this ain't no giraffe, <laughs> you know. And so, it was perfect. It was a perfect garden. There was no sin in the garden, no sickness in the garden. L let me put it on another level. There were no marital problems in the garden. There was no fussing and fighting, cussing, stealing. So, well, one but two of them. No, but they had kids. And, and so in the garden, it was, it was a perfect place, perfect. God had put a boundary in the garden. He said, I don't want you to cross the boundary. My design, this is my design, and I'm God, is for you not to cross that boundary. 
They couldn't stand it until they crossed it. And the Bible says that they transgressed. That means they crossed over the boundary to where they weren't supposed to be. And the Bible says from that day forward, even until now, even until today, the Bible says in Romans 5, 12, that just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. Everybody sinned. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short, fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned, every one of us. And the Bible says, not only are we born sinners, I mean, we can blame it on Adam and Eve, okay? I can say, uh, I, I, I sinned because Adam and Eve sinned. And they're my great-grandparents. And it passed down generation to generation. That's true. That's why we're born sinners. But we choose to sin. We make a choice, a conscious choice, uh, to, to sin. When you got up this morning, when you go take a nap this afternoon and watch the ball games, you're going to make a conscious choice to do right or wrong. You were born sinners, but we choose to sin. The Bible says in chapter 3, verse 10, there's none righteous, no, not even one. And so God's design came sin. Not in, his design is perfect, but man brought sin and sin brings brokenness. And so that's why we're lost without Christ. And we're a church that talks about this. The Bible says, uh, for the wages of sin is death. We're a church that talks about like heaven and hell. Hell is real. I think there are some churches today, I hadn't been to them, uh, that don't talk much about hell anymore or repentance. I want you to hear it from me. If you, if you don't ever hear me again or hear it from anybody else, hell is real. And hell is prepared for those that reject Jesus Christ. So how, how, come on, how would God seriously send somebody to hell? Look, if you go to hell, you paddle your own canoe. Because God made provisions. We marred his design with our sin, which brought brokenness. And we can't do anything about it. We're lost. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It, we're stuck. There's no hope. The world is powerless without Christ. But here's the good news. The message is clear. The message is clear. While we were still sinners, you see at just the right time, Romans 5, verse 6. Romans 5, verse 6. You see, just at the right time. When we were powerless, we can't save ourselves. We're in sin. Christ died for the ungodly. Romans 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his love for us. While we were still sinners, I'm telling you, we're still sinners. And Christ demonstrates his love for us. While we're still sinning, Christ died for us. The message is Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and was risen again on the third day according to the Scriptures. The good news, the message of the Gospel. 
So I just can't, oh, I just can't share it. I just, uh, I'm just going to have to leave that to the pastor. If it's happened to you, all you've got to do is tell it. If it's really happened in your life, all you've got to do is share it with somebody else, the message of the gospel. That's why I say we need a great commitment to Christ, the gospel, and the church. The church is God's tool. We are his messengers. The message is that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he rose again on the third day. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift, Romans 6, 23, but the gift of God is eternal life. You see, he came to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He came to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Uh, I meant to say this earlier, but Jesus always calls us to something better. Jesus always calls us to something better, but we've got to move. We can't just stay where we are. He always calls us to something better. But we've got to move. We've got to take that step. Back to Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, hell, separation. But the gift of God is eternal life. And so, I can't save myself, so he saved me. He came to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. <clears throat> Let's just say, I was out in the ocean. I fell out of the boat, the boat didn't know it, it left me, and I'm sitting there bobbing. I ain't got much time left. I'm a pretty good swimmer. I just don't like like a mile of ocean under me when I'm swimming. Because if I, you know, have to go to the bottom, I, I, I want to be able to see the top. But I'm out there in the ocean bobbing to like, a, like a cork. What do I need? I need somebody to come by in a boat and throw me a life preserver. Uh, it better yet, pick me up out of the water and save me. We've got it turned around sometimes. We, we think that we need to lecture the world. What are you doing in the water? Why did you get so close to the edge? You should have never, ever. You are so wrong. And I'm, I'm taking in water right now. Man, I don't need a lecturer. I need a savior. I don't need a A philosopher. Hey, what, what you doing, man? Man, I'm dying right now. I'm, 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 I haven't got much. I haven't got much more. Yeah, you know, I've been studying about that, and the human body has such a buoyancy, man. Shut up and get me out of the water. Somebody else pulls up. I'm thinking this is my last chance right here. Oh, you're trying to swim, aren't you? Let me show you one of my favorite strokes in swimming. And let me give you some swimming lessons. Man, I don't need swimming lessons. I need somebody to save me. And those listening to me today, it's good to, to have a lecture. It's good to have instruction. It's good to have example. But what you need is a Savior. That person sitting in the cubicle next to you at work, they need a Savior. The family down the street where we we're going to have the block parties. They, 
Nobody has entered into a conversation with them and been intentional with them and to share their faith with them. Maybe, but maybe not. The message is clear that Jesus died for our sins and rose from the grave. Sometimes, you've probably you've heard me say this. Um, <clears throat> he paid a debt. I, I owe a debt that I cannot pay. The debt is sin. The wages, I'm in debt. I owe a debt I cannot pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. Because Christ is perfect. We had to have a perfect sacrifice. We needed a perfect solution. And it, Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, lives a sinless life, died a sinner's death. He's perfect in every way. And we owe a debt. We're stuck. We can't, we can't save ourselves. And we, because of that, we have a debt of sin. Colossians, Paul wrote this, and he, and he said, Colossians 2, verse 14, he's talking about Jesus. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away nailing it to the cross. He is taking, he has taken our sin debt and he nailed it to the cross. And all of our past, present, and future sins, he nailed them to the cross. But forgiveness is available. Praise God. But it's not automatic. It's available. You can have it. But it's not like automatic. There's a decision that must be made. Now, there are two decisions for two different groups today. The decision for uh, a believer today would be, God, restore the joy of my salvation. God, reignite that flame in my heart. God, help me to plug in and serve. Help me to, to tithe. Help me to, to, to get involved. Help me to have a block party. Help me to mature in Christ. You're going to say yes or no to that. The decision for an unbeliever is to say yes or no to Christ. You must choose. I can't choose for you. I can lead you in a million prayers, but there's nothing magical about praying a, a prayer, prayer or repeating words. What has to happen is change from your heart of putting your trust in Christ. We call on God in prayer, in our minds, in our heart. But you can say yes to him or no. It's as simple as that. Maybe somebody, some of you are saying, well, I'm, I'm going to do that someday. Someday may never come. This is the day. Have you ever heard that scripture that says today is the day of salvation? You know why it says to, today? You know why? Because you're not promised tomorrow. This may be your last day on earth. I hope not. I hope it's not mine. I mean, I'm ready to go to heaven. Don't get me wrong. I just don't want to, like, get on the bus right now. I still want to live a while. But I'm not promised another day. I'm not promised a tomorrow. 
So today is the day of salvation. Don't say, I'll wait till a more convenient time. That, that didn't go well for one guy in the Bible. Today is the day. While God is speaking to your heart, do you know you can only get saved when God's drawing you? The other thing about saying no is, if you say no enough, I believe that the Bible teaches that there's a place, I know not where, a time, I know, I know not when, but that a person will say no, no, and reject Christ, and reject Christ, and not aggressively saying no, but just not, but passively saying no, I'll do it another day, until their heart will, will grow cold and hardened. That's why it's so urgent today. Have you said yes to Christ? Have you put your trust in Him? The mandate for believers is to share the message. The message is clear. The world is powerless without Christ. The message of Christ, love. But we have to choose. To follow Him or to reject Him. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. I want us to bow our heads together in prayer. And I'm going to ask that no one is moving around during this, these next few minutes. Because we don't want to distract anybody from doing what they really need to do. If you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, and you're willing today just to call on Him, like the Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just as an example, would you pray from your heart these words, God, I'm a sinner, and what I need is a Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave. And I repent of my sins. I turn from my sins, and I turn to Jesus and to Christ alone. Come into my life. I put my trust in you to be my Savior. And I follow you today as my Lord. If you, if you called on him, if you prayed that with a sincere heart, just thank him and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness for, for salvation. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands or to walk forward. But if you prayed that prayer, I am going to ask you, to take the, the card on the handout that you got when you, when you came in or there's one in the seat pocket in front of you and would you fill that out and indicate that today you prayed to receive Christ and if you'll bring that to the guest services when you leave today or give it to one of our staff we'll give you a book it's a book to help you with your next steps of faith maybe your prayer today is as a believer is God today Help me to, to be excited again. Help me to be uh, on fire again. Help me to serve like I need to serve and do like I need to do. Be the Lord of my relationship that, that I'm in, the Lord of my family, the Lord of the situation. I'm going to ask that everyone at both campuses, would you please stand? I just want to pray over you. and. This word that we're about to sing,
this worship says come to the altar and if you feel led today to come and to kneel here across the front we have kneeling stations where you can do that but most of all let what happens in your heart right now uh, be genuine father thank you for today thank you for the word that you've given to us thank you that your spirit is speaking and moving and I just pray God that you would take these closing moments literally of worship and be glorified in it but God that your Holy Spirit would direct us and guide us as we worship and as we make decisions for you God we love you thank you for meeting us here today this I pray in Jesus' name.